1: Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Yoon Ha Lee, the New York Times bestselling author of Dragon Pearl, winner of the Locus Award, and the Mythopoeic Award. Lee's latest book is Tiger Honor. Yoon, welcome to the podcast.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Sure. Well, if someone hasn't yet heard about your latest novel, Tiger Honor, how would you describe the novel?
2: Tiger Honor is a space opera with influences from Korean mythology, and its main character is the non-binary tiger spirit Sebin, who has dreamed all their life about joining the Space Forces and becoming a starship captain, just like their beloved Uncle Juan. So the day when they get an invitation to become a Space Forces cadet should be the best day of their life. Unfortunately, the family also receives news the same day that Uncle Juan has been branded a traitor and is a fugitive from the law. So Sebin not only has to navigate becoming a cadet and learning how to serve in the Space Forces, but the the dilemma of what to do about their uncle and how they can clear his name.
1: And so do you remember the original idea or impetus that led you to write Tiger Honor? Yes.
2: So Uncle Juan... Uh, In Tiger Honor is the villain, Captain Juan, from Dragon Pearl. And in Dragon Pearl, he's sort of, you know, he's there. He's a villain. He has his motivation of trying to gain control of a powerful magical artifact, the Dragon Pearl of the title. But it occurred to me when it came time to think of a sequel that, you know, Captain Juan must have a family. He must have relatives. He must have people that he loves and cares about. And I couldn't write from his point of view because normally in children's books the the main character is a younger person, but I could write about one of those relatives, and that's how Sebin came into being as someone who knew Uncle Juan as a, a an affectionate uncle, essentially.
1: And so, what was your writing journey that led you to writing? <coughs> excuse me, writing and getting your first novel published?
2: Oh, my very first novel, gosh. Uh, So I had spent 10 years working on a novel that turned out not to gel or, you know, really be very coherent at all. And after that, my first novel was Nine Fox Gambit, which is a book for adults. And I spent several years writing that and kind of learning how to novel because I'd started in short stories And, you know, you can bang out a 5,000-word short story in a week or a few days, but um, I am not fast enough to bang out an 80,000, 100,000-word novel in a few days. It (laughs) usually takes me a few months. So just learning the mindset of endurance and stubbornness, and I can do this as long as I keep sitting down and writing my words, uh, there was a learning curve.
1: And can you talk about that learning curve a little bit more? I mean, obviously, there are differences beyond length. What was the transition for you to go from writing short stories to writing novels?
2: I think the two big things for me were plotting at a longer length and character development at a longer length. So I like to think of a short story as a single battle or a single assassination. You know, you have that big moment of clarity and something big happens and the character is changed forever but a novel is more like going to war like a whole campaign and a series of battles and you know this applies not not just to military fiction but to any sort of writing if if you look at it that way but you have to sort of plan for the character to start in one place and end in another and um It was tricky at first because I was not used to setting up that sort of sustained character arc or a sustained plot line. And I was used to only thinking in, you know, 4,000, 5,000 word chunks. So I definitely had to learn how to create that larger structure, that larger through line, which is really something you can only learn by doing a novel.
1: Sure. And, What's your writing process when you're working on a novel? Do you outline extensively or do you just dive in and follow the narrative? How does that work for you?
2: Uh, I picked up this one great tip from my friend Layla Lawler, which is she does something called a fake blurb. So, you know, those blurbs that you read on the back of a book that it hopefully entices you to pick the book up. Sure. I write I write one of those for my book, even though it doesn't exist yet. Uh, partly to get up my enthusiasm for the book, but partly to keep myself on track. It's sort of like a mini synopsis, but more fun, I guess. And then I expand on that, and I do um, what I call a chapter outline, where I write a a sentence or two saying, you know, what's the major conflict? What's the major thing that happens in this chapter? And what's the, uh, I call it an out, but sort of a mini cliffhanger. What do I end the chapter on? Because you don't want to end the chapter with, oh, and they went to sleep, and it's boring, and it's a great time to put down the book and do something else. You want to end on something that propels the reader into the next chapter and keeps them reading. I mean, I hope. Uh, so I, I generate that chapter outline, and I make sure that I have a strong opening, a strong midpoint, and a strong ending. And then I start writing and I do this in, you know, usually three to four hour sessions during the day. And I have to tell you, I make an outline every time and except for that beginning, midpoint and end. You know how to book flights and hotels.
0: All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need
2: Viator.
0: I draw out
2: the outline and start winging it because I always come up with a better idea and the characters take on a life of their own.
1: Well, I'm curious, how did you start working with Rick Reardon, the bestselling author of the Percy Jackson series, who's the, I guess you could say the overarching editor of um, the novels that you're publishing?
2: So back uh, several years ago with my former agent, Jennifer Jackson, uh, she told me about the Rick Riordan imprint and um, how Rick was looking to boost own voices, authors from cultures that were maybe less commonly seen in children's literature. And she said, let's throw our ring in the hat. And I said to her, Jennifer, I've got a pitch for you. Nobody else is going to pitch Korean mythology space opera. And you can confirm this with um, my editor at Rick Riordan Presents, Steph Lurie. She will confirm that nobody else said <laughs> Korean mythology space opera. And so I was able to write Dragon Pearl and now Tiger Honor and um, work with Rick on bringing these books to kids.
1: That's great. And, and what did inspire you in terms of the Korean uh, mythology and space opera?
2: I think part of it was growing up with the folklore as a kid. So I'm Korean American Mm -hmm. and I spent half my childhood in South Korea. So one thing I did have going for me was that, you know, in South Korea, obviously all the media features Koreans and I would hear um, folk stories from my mom or my dad. Um, My dad had this one story where it's about a monster that eats metal and becomes bigger and bigger and then I'm like dad how does it end how did they get rid of the monster and he's like I don't remember the ending and I'm like how can you do this to me (laughs) but you know my mom would have stories about tigers who tried to eat children and fox spirits who tried to uh, eat unwary travelers there's a lot of eating going on in these stories and I think my ancestors led a more perilous existence than I did but you know I, I have often thought that if fox spirits or goblins or tiger spirits really existed, um, they would not be stuck with medieval technology. They would be coming into the future with us. They would have cell phones. They would have Twitter accounts. They would be on Facebook or <laughs> you know TikTok or whatever the hot new thing is. So I thought, why not extrapolate that further and bring them into the
1: future? That's great. Well, what writing advice would you offer for those who are working on their own stories and novels?
2: I would say that the most important thing I learned was that different, so there's a lot of writing advice out there and some of it you will find helpful and some of it you will not find helpful. Um, Let's take an example. A lot of people will say that in order to be a writer, you have to write every day. And I'm not saying this is bad advice. I'm saying this is um, contextual advice. It really depends on who you are as a writer. I have a friend who has to write every day or she loses her momentum and falls out of the book. And obviously that's bad. But I'm different from my friend. I need periods of thinking time where I can sort of ruminate about my book and ponder my next move. So I actually need to take days off from writing. And spend time planning that next move. And if I wrote every day, I would actually um, run into a wall. So it's not so much about um, specific writing advice as finding the advice that's right for you. And you should try different things until you find uh, the method that works for you. And it's going to be different for every writer.
1: That's great. Well, are you working on a new novel now?
2: Yes, I actually am writing the sequel to Tiger Honor, and it features Min from Dragon Pearl, who's a fox spirit, and Sebin, the tiger spirit from Tiger Honor. And they both have to survive on a death planet, and I have all sorts of trouble planned for them.
1: (laughs) Well, what novels or nonfiction books have you read recently that you enjoyed?
2: Uh I'm currently reading Rebecca Roanhorse's Race to the Sun which is also in the Rick Riordan Presents imprint and it's about Nav- Navajo uh Diné folklore um and history and uh the thing that I enjoyed most was a reread from last year um Gideon the Ninth and Harrow the Ninth um by Tamson Weir. And a YA novel that I really enjoyed recently, which is sort of, it mashes up Chinese uh, historical influences with Mecca. It's Iron Widow by, um, forgive me, I don't know how to pronounce their name, but Shuran J. Shao, Z-H-A-O is the last name. Sure. And it's it's a terrific adventure.
1: That's great. Well, where can people find you online if they want to learn more about you and your novels?
2: I have a website at Yoon dot com. That's Y-O-O-N-H-A-L-E-E dot com. And I also have a Twitter account at Deuce of Gears, D-E-U-C-E-O-F-G-E-A-R-S.
1: That's great. Well, again, we've been speaking with Yoon Ha Lee, author of the new book, Tiger Honor. The book is on sale now, so go buy a copy at your local independent bookstore. And Yoon, thanks for doing this interview.
2: Thank you so much for having me. It's been my honor.
1: Wonderful.